This week, I'm talking to Nick Elliott. Nick is the head of Dispute Resolution and Employment Group at Acton Solicitors, based here in Nottingham. Nick gives a great insight into the journey he's taken from university to becoming a qualified solicitor, specifically in the line of employment law. Nick is also the host of another podcast called The HRD Talks. You can find the link in the show notes. Big warm welcome to Nick Elliott from Acton Solicitors joining me today in the studio for another episode of Career Stories from the Field. So I've really been looking forward to this episode because Nick and I have actually been working together for possibly about, what is it now Nick, 10 years, 8 years with the yeah, HR must, Network? It must be, yeah, 7 or 8 years with the HR Network, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so Nick, uh, uh, myself and Bjorn Jones from Blue Source Recruitment, we launched the East Midlands HR Network think eight years ago it was 2015 so I'm not going to do the maths but uh so yeah we've worked closely for a long time and I just thought what a great guest so I'm so pleased you agreed to join me so welcome Nick yeah thank you thank you thanks for having me on and it's um it's weird being on the other side of the questions exactly because you have your <laughs> yeah, own yeah, podcast don't you that's right I'm looking forward give us to a, it. give it a plug give it a plug go on the HRD talks yeah, so yeah. talking to HR professionals about their kind of career journey and their views on the world of work and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's good. But, yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. That's great. So, in fact, what I'll do, I'll drop a link to your podcast in the show notes. So uh, there you go, listeners. Uh, you can you can drop in on Nick's podcast as well. So, Nick, let's start off. Tell us what your job title is and give us a bit of an overview of what that actually means. Yeah, sure. So I'm um, an equity director at uh, Acton Solicitors and we're based out of Nottingham. I oversee our dispute resolution and employment group. So it's quite a wide ranging group um, uh, that covers kind of commercial disputes, um, disputes around wills, things like that. So that's uh, contentious probate, that's called, uh, but also employment. So I sit in the employment team um, and we cover a really wide range of um, employment issues through from um, employment contracts and handbooks. So that kind of boring stuff that probably um, AI I will um, replace us pretty quickly on and uh, <laughs> then through to managing sickness absence employment tribunals um, performance um, management a whole really wide range of things basically I, I always describe it as anything to do with people's jobs you know that that's it, it pretty much covers all of that and it tends to be where things get tricky for employers so um, for me in particular I specialize at the messy end of, of employment law where you know one of our managers has just punched a customer what do we do about it or Ooh. we've had somebody off sick for you know many many years and um, you know we think we need to draw a line but we're worried about disability discrimination all that kind of thing so yeah that it's a it's a fun job sounds really really interesting and really varied I think that's that's part of what um, really interests me about it is that every day there's something different and it's amazing what people get up to at work, I suppose. And, and that yes. you know, does keep it really, really interesting. <laughs> I bet you've got some lovely stories. In fact, you might, uh, if you're able, share share your best story with us maybe later on. Yeah, they're, great. well, they're pro they're there are a few yeah some some probably uh, n not for this podcast, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, there are definitely some that I, that I could tell. 
Oh, brilliant. Okay, so with with what you do, is it? I mean, you say you 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 can work uh, anywhere where there's people issues. Is there a typical type of customer that you work with? Uh, is there a location that you tend to work with? Give us a bit of a an overview. Location wise, it's pretty much across the UK. It tends to be so Acton's. Um, kind of custom base on the commercial side um, tends to be SME owner managed businesses. But actually, I think because bigger employers tend to have more people and therefore more issues, uh, we also work with a kind of number of um, household names. Um, it tends to be on the employer side. So some employment lawyers will specialize in helping employees with employment disputes and, and that kind of thing. But we tend to work with employers and, and maybe some um, sort of senior execs that, that need specialist advice around exits you know from an organization or that kind of thing but it but it tends to be um, employers and it tends to be HR teams um, in, in the main so even some of the the smaller clients that we have you know might have a standalone HR manager um, and it's where you know they need additional support where things have got a bit tricky and maybe a bit outside of their comfort zone or if they need sort of a sounding board you know Nick have you seen this before and because we're working obviously with a wide range of different clients it usually is the case that we have although it does um, stay interesting because sometimes we haven't and we just have to you know map a way through um, so, so that tends to be the, the way that we work and um, sometimes that's disputes where people have fallen out and it comes to us at the point you know they need help resolving that sometimes it's a bit more positive and a bit more proactive where we're helping train um, you know, uh, HR teams or managers on how to deal with issues to, to avoid things, you know, um, coming up in the first place. So that seems to be quite a focus at the minute um, around things like investigations, disciplinaries, grievances. So upskilling managers to, to deal with those kind of things better. Uh, and also a bit around EDI actually, which is obviously a big focus for a lot of people. But, but our bit of that tends to be this is how discrimination law works. Um, so sometimes it's it's a bit of putting the frighteners on managers and, and you know seeing what the worst case scenario might be rather than the more positive, this is why it's important, although we do focus on that as well. So yeah, it's really varied, really varied. Mm, massive, interesting bag of, uh, of, of issues and areas to cover, which uh, leads me on to, to the next question. And I don't know if it's quite possible because I, I doubt you have a typical day, but can you give us a bit of a walkthrough of a typical day or maybe a typical week in the life of uh, an employment lawyer? Yeah, so I think it, it probably does vary from, from firm to firm in terms of what your focus is. So I think... Um, as we talked about, it tends to be working with employers on on those kind of issues. And and sometimes it's difficult to know what, what you'll be doing day to day because often it's a client phoning up with an urgent query that, you know, comes out of nowhere because an issue's arisen in, in the business. Um so so some of the day is spent talking to clients on the phone, um, ideally meeting them. You know, we're allowed to do that again and um get getting face to face is is great and kind of building those relationships. So you know that that's pretty varied in in terms of its content. I think the other the other stuff that that I tend to do now as well is is actually some management stuff. You know, so working with our management board around where the firm's going and how you know how we can drive performance and how we can um, focus on being a good employer and you know all that kind of stuff. And then I suppose I also have quite a heavy focus, as as you know, on kind of business development. So actually it's a tough market out there. You know, there are a lot of lawyers, a lot of good lawyers. And actually I focus a lot of my time on, on, on kind of building relationships and winning work for the team and for the firm more widely. So that might be, you know, LinkedIn 
work. It might be the HR network, obviously, that we're both involved in. It might be just attending other events. It might be focusing on products that, you know, we think um, will be useful for employers, particularly on that kind of proactive, um, how do we prevent issues um, happening in the first place? So, yeah, so, and I think in the hybrid um, world, our diaries have probably evolved a little bit in, in terms of the way that that works. So I tend to do at least two or three days in the office, but that tends to be meeting with my direct reports. So that might be the employment team or some of the directors that are in in the other groups, um, you know, in the litigation teams, catching up with those guys, seeing how their practice areas are going, helping them focus on, you know, the things that are important um, and, and actually, you know, as I said, getting those kind of face-to-face meetings with people while I'm in, in town, as it were. And then actually those hybrid home days are, are maybe focused on getting the work done and, and kind of planning and, and getting some strategy stuff down as well. So it, it's a good mix. It's a good mix. Mm. Sounds like a massive, yeah, massive array of, of areas to focus on. And I think what's really interesting is is I imagine people have a particular perception of what being a lawyer is. But if you're a fee earner, then building your own pipeline of work is is really, really important. So you've got to have that focus on actually the client work, but also on 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 building the, the you know, the up and coming client work that you yeah. that you need. It's quite interesting. I mean, when I grew when I was growing up, I'm going to yeah. give my age away a bit. But I remember growing up watching the likes of L.A. Law and then your yeah, Ali McBeal and all of that nonsense um you know all in all in court it was all yeah. really sort of high pressure in court does that ever does that ever happen <laughs> so so we do go to court it's it's probably not quite as glamorous as as the um as those kind of programs would <laughs> would have you think um you know i've never heard anybody shout objection um i'm not sure that's a thing um and I, I, I think it, it, it really it really depends on the area of law that, that you do. And I, I know obviously we're, we're focusing on kind of careers here. And I, I think that's one of the things that is interesting about law. There, there are so many different areas that, that you can look at. It touches pretty pretty much everything in life. And obviously I you know have focused on the commercial side and I've focused on employers and employment law because that was kind of my interest and my background, which we might come on to. But great thing about it is there's pretty much something for everybody in terms of, I, I suspect, you know, something they would be interested in so that you know there are human rights lawyers there are planning lawyers there are property lawyers there are uh, lawyers that are helping people with their wills and planning for the future you know around protecting wealth um uh, corporate lawyers who are doing you know m a deals and, and that kind of thing and i think there is so much variety there i suppose when i went into it i didn't really have an idea as to where i would end up on that other than i'd chosen a commercial law firm a really big commercial law firm to to join and i'd kind of made that decision but actually if you if you're looking at studying law you know there's so many different things that that can lead on to i think it probably still is a is a great way to go although there are some challenges i think ahead of us which again we will maybe talk about yeah the variety is fantastic so that yeah. is that's really interesting nick and we were yeah, i sure. was going to actually ask you about all the different specialisms um within law because i think mm. many yeah. people don't understand as you say that it, law touches absolutely every part of life and that there's just such a huge array of specialisms to uh to go into so we've you've touched on how you decided to go into uh, commercial and, and uh, employment law. Talk us through, how did you actually come to that decision? Yeah, so I suppose it's taking you back a little while. I, 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 when I was growing up, I never really had one of those, 
you know, I want to be this when I'm older type things, not even an astronaut or, a, you know, a footballer or, or that kind of thing. I played international hockey as a teenager. And I suppose if I'd, if I'd managed to maintain that, you know, I might have wanted to do that, but there was no money in that particular sport. So um, that wasn't really a, a runner. I, I did always have a kind of just a drive to do well academically. And I think my parents always took the view that you just try your best. That's always, I, I just remember them saying that all the time. However well you do academically, as long as you've tried your best, then you'll be fine. And I think that's that's a good mantra. You know, they, they always supported my brother and I in that way. And I, I ended up doing psychology as a an A-level. Um, and my dad was a clinical psychologist. And I, I suspect I chose that on the basis that I'd heard I'd heard him talking about that as a as a career and I suppose at that point I, I was maybe considering going down that route but then um, and, and I loved the A-level um, psychology and then I chose my degree and I, I decided to go to York University uh, to do psychology which is I think was one of the best courses out there but probably the wrong course for me because it included um, a significant amount of maths and statistics oh, and, gosh, yes. and actually the numbers side of, of psychology, oh. yeah, was not really my thing. Um, me neither. And <laughs> I had a tough first, yeah, first term where, you know, all of my mates were going out having a good time, as you, as you might imagine, um, the first term of university. And I was going out to have a good time. And then, and then the next day, doing a statistics exam that counted towards my degree. I feel your pain. So, so that, was, that was a tough start. And I, I think it, it put me off that, that route, I suppose, purely, purely because of, of that. And it didn't feel like my, my kind of my strength. But I think as the degree went on and I got to choose more of what I was studying and, and we moved away from, you know, just studying statistics, um, I enjoyed it more, but but I suspect that the damage was sort of done by that point. And actually, the university was quite um, quite helpful in that they actually allowed me to do some history um, modules as part of that degree, which I loved too, and probably should have done a history history degree. But but so it was a, a bit of a mix. And and I you know I went through that, got my two one, got sorted, and thought right, okay, well, I need to decide what I'm going to do. And again, didn't really have any idea. Went to the careers centre at at the university. Don't know if they're, they're still a thing, but but went in and kind of did some research and thought, okay, well, what can I look at f for a career? And I, I narrowed it down to law and management consultancy, and I couldn't work out what management consultants actually did. No offense to the management consultants out there that are listening. Um, <laughs> so I so I opted for law. That basically meant that I I, I thought, okay, law sounds really interesting. It's really varied. Um, but I, but I know now that I need to do a conversion course, so effectively a, a law degree in a year, um, which sounded um, tough, and it was, and then another year study, and actually that that cost a lot, and I thought, well, actually there are certain firms that will will support you through that, both with the cost of the study and also um, a living allowance. Actually, if you if you got into some of those top firms. So I started applying and sending lots and lots of um, applications off, trying to get work experience. So that was the other thing that you know was clearly important. Um, and a number of the bigger firms um, actually offered vacation placements, and that's really how I started to check out you know whether those those kind of firms were for me, um, because I, I was successful in well what were actually quite intense recruitment processes. Looking back on them now just for the vacation placement, just for the for the work experience, effectively. 
where I wow. think for the, for the the vacation placement that I actually ended up doing and and then joining the firm, we had a telephone interview which I did in my um, room in halls, which was like a pre-screening type thing. You then had a an uh, an interview day or assessment day, which included an interview, a group exercise, um, presentations, and so on, and then a social event, which of course was also uh, a selection exercise in itself, just to get onto the two weeks work experience. So, so that was pretty full on, and, and um, but yeah, but but great because obviously, I, I then ended up joining those guys, and um, and they funded me very kindly through through my study and who was two that? years. So that was at the time a firm called Rag and Co. So they were based out of, of Birmingham and, and London. So quite a big commercial law firm. They're now um, called Gowlings, Gowling WLG. Um, so they've, they've grown even bigger. Um, yeah, and I ended up sort of joining them as a, as a trainee and, and qualifying there. So that that was that was kind of the route into into law. Yeah. Mm. Can I ask you, when you say you started as a trainee, was that just general law, or again had you started to specialise? So not really at that at that stage that you do basically various seats they call them seats in different departments as you go through and usually as a, as a, a new starter um, you're at the mercy of where the firm needs the resource so my my first seat was in um, property law and it they had a massive commercial property department but actually this was working for house builders so so effectively helping house builders buy huge areas of land that they then go and develop um houses on uh, and actually the you know the, the partner that ran that team was one of the leading partners you know in that area worked for pretty much every house builder in the land in fact was so good that they often if they were collaborating would ask him to be involved acting for them all <laughs> you know which isn't really a thing that's allowed in law wow. um because because of conflicts but they, they had processes whereby he would kind of negotiate all of this stuff and then they go away and get separate advice at the point that they were signing up to things. But he was just phenomenal, you know, phenomenal. And and there were so many kind of great lawyers to look up to at that firm. Um, it was a it was a great training exercise. And then, yeah, as I say, you got a bit more choice as to where you went in your second, third and fourth seat. And um, I think it was probably my third seat where I ended up joining the employment team at, at RAGS as it, as it was then and just loved it you know just loved it loved the, the, the type of clients that we were working for the team was great and and got real exposure to to the work that you know they were doing for some incredible clients you know so as a trainee i spent a lot of my seat working on a, a really big restrictive covenant case for dyson so the vacuum cleaner people and um we were in yeah. the royal courts of justice so it's the closest the closest i've come to what you were describing about the tv law shows you know we were in those buildings with a judge and <laughs> barristers sitting you know sitting up and standing down and presenting and, and that kind of thing and it was just phenomenal experience now in reality what i did was prepare the the papers the bundles and um, but there were something like 30 lever arch files worth of you know paper and that was Good my Lord. job to make sure that it was all all there um, so, you know, it wasn't exactly the most sophisticated legal advice that I've ever provided in, in my career, but just incredible experience to see that kind of case play out. And then I think off the back of that, I then got the opportunity to run some of my own tribunal cases, which as a trainee was was unusual for another big um big retail client at the time um, and it was just it was just amazing they were really really simple unfair dismissal cases where you know somebody had been dismissed for failing to you know remove the out-of-date baguettes from the cafe or something like that but 
it was just brilliant experience to see those cases play out from start to finish um, at that stage. And yeah, I kind of, I, I suppose I fell in love with employment lawyer at that point where I thought, yeah, this is, this is for me, this is really interesting. Oh, no, that's really interesting. So you were there for how long? until you qualified yeah so so yes yeah, so you spend two years uh, doing your training contract rotating through those kind of six month seats and then unfortunately there was a job um at the end of that um because there's not always um but but there was a job at the end of that training contract in the employment team and then i think i was there about six years after that and had a great yeah. mentor so the partner um in the in the team taught me pretty much everything that that I know again I think you know from a career point of view that's definitely a a big feature so he was instrumental in just teaching me a different way of doing employment law and 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 kind of he had a very different mindset because of his background I think on how lawyers should be and what they're actually there to to help do and to facilitate you know the commercial um objectives of a business and kind of analyze risk and that kind of thing but actually also help people so he always used to say you know if actually your client needs a piano teacher and you know a really good piano teacher for their kids or whatever then then help them out with that you know and it sounds a really obvious thing but actually that's about building reciprocity and and um, relationships and and that kind of thing and actually going into the commercial world with that in mind how am am i going to help this person achieve what they want to do um was really was really important and and yeah and things were going really well for me there but i was going to say unfortunately it was not unfortunate i got married um (laughs) and and uh (laughs) And Definitely yeah, not to a, to a, <laughs> no, exactly. But to a, to a, a lady um, from Nottingham, and we yeah we moved to Nottingham because we were over here so much, and and that then meant I think for probably six of those eight or so years I was commuting between Nottingham, London, and Birmingham. Yeah, it was it was such a great firm, and, and I suppose naively I thought I'd probably be there forever because the culture was great, the opportunities were great there, and things were going well, and. You know, my boss was sponsoring me to to partnership essentially, and it was it was getting close to that in that oh, in wow. that firm. And that's the point at which I then had to think, well, am I actually committed to doing this? You know, this kind of fifty mile commute every day, because um, of course the, it wasn't there wasn't yeah, really hybrid wasn't really a thing then. Yeah, exactly, forever. And and I didn't want to get to a point where I said to him. I'm, I'm really sorry. I know you've put a lot of work into supporting me to this point. Um, and now you've made this offer to me. No, I'm, I'm okay. Thanks. I'm, I'm leaving. I started looking at opportunities closer to home to see whether, you know, I'd be, be happy with that. And there were lots of opportunities, um, which was great. And, and I suppose I expected to join a similar sort of size firm doing a similar sort of thing, but in the end didn't and kind of stumbled across Actons because most people probably won't have heard of Actons. I hadn't heard of Actons at the time. I think in reality, they had a very good reputation locally in the East Midlands, but of course I wasn't working in the East Midlands. And the recruiter that I um, was working with basically said, oh no, you should go and check these guys out. They've brought a lot of good people in recently, a lot of them from bigger firms. They've got some really good people already or homegrown who've got good reputations in certain practice areas, go and check them out. And I I suppose I then thought, okay, fine, I'll, I'll go and have a look. And then was really really excited by the opportunity there and they weren't looking for somebody quite as senior as me but there was a great opportunity to sort of build a practice and actually it was one of those career move decisions where i thought well i could go to another big name law firm in the east midlands and it would be the same but it probably wouldn't really be the same you know i wasn't leaving because i disliked my firm in fact i loved it and it was a real um heartache really to leave but it 
but it felt like the right thing. And, and I thought actually something different, something way smaller and, and something where I can build a practice somewhere, somewhere where I have a bit more control over what we do and how we do it was really exciting. And I think it's proved to be that way. So I suppose it's coming up to 10 years, maybe just over 10 years since I made that move. And, and it's basically been building a practice, you know, over here in the East Midlands um, since then. And it, it's been a great move for a whole load of reasons, both from a career perspective, but also from a family perspective, because the lifestyle at a big law firm is is quite different. You know, some of the stories that I can tell on that, on that front, um, you know, were, were fairly extreme in terms of the expectations and and just what we had, what we did, you know, um, from a from a, a work life balance perspective. And actually, I've you know now got four kids that I actually see, um, and and you know have a relationship yeah. with, and that's really important, you know. Um, so that's been absolutely. a good move from that perspective. No, fantastic. Yeah, you've done. I think you're absolutely right. I think people can often think that moving to the big firms is is where you're really going to excel and grow. And of course, there is that opportunity. But in a smaller firm, you get to be involved in a lot more and have more ownership. And often growth can can be a lot faster, can't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I I don't want to bash the big firms because there are you know most of them are amazing and yeah the the experience that i had working there was just incredible you know i, I was seconded to hsbc's hr team for six months and that again was just invaluable oh, wow. experience of this is how a an hr person actually works you know because i became one for six months they made me be one um, but it was yeah. just incredible um you know so, so there's that side of things but you're right i think I became frustrated with one that the kind of red tape and bureaucracy around um, the bigger firms where I might have a business development idea. You know, there was one example where I wanted to go join the um, London HR Connect, I think it was called, where all of our kind of target clients were. And it was 250 quid to join the the network, but I had to fill out a a six page business case to get authority to to do that. Um, but that's kind of yeah. the way it works in, in those businesses. And I get, I get that there are reasons for that kind of thing. Whereas, you know, I turn up to Actons and say to our CEO at the time, you know, I've got a business development idea. Just wondered if I could get a budget for that. And he was like, what do you mean? And I said, well, it's not a lot of money. I just need to go do something. And he said, well, you've already got that. Just get on and do it. You know, you don't need to worry about that thing. So, yeah. so there's a definite kind of difference in terms of agility and, and the, yeah, the ability to try new things. And if they work great, if they don't, well that's fine you know we'll move on things like starting a podcast or that kind of thing although that's not particularly novel now everyone's got a, a podcast you know anybody if you don't have a podcast but but you know what i mean like the ability just to oh, get at least on with someone nick <laughs> exactly exactly the ability to do something like that you know and just and just run with it has been really really exciting yeah i hope you're enjoying the podcast I mentioned earlier, Nick and I, along with Blue Source, are founding partners of the East Midlands HR Network. We set this up back in 2015, as we realised just how important building a network was for growing our businesses. The same is true if you're looking to develop your career. If you are looking to change or grow in your profession, it's absolutely critical you start to build and maintain relationships in your professional community. Through relationships, you can learn of new opportunities, expand your knowledge into different industries, gain insight into new and emerging roles, and hopefully 
be on the forefront of people's minds when relevant vacancies emerge. LinkedIn is a great place to start. Do get in touch if you need some help building or refining your profile. Now, back to Nick. Coming back to um, to the fact you have four kids. Yes. How does a successful employment lawyer like yourself manage your work-life balance? So, um, a, a really supportive mum and wife, I suppose. So, yeah, I, I joke about that. Um, so Helen had a actually had it. So she was a property lawyer. So we met at law school, um, and and she actually put her career on hold for ten years. So she was at home full time with the kids for ten years, which was a, a big sacrifice on her part. Um, and it, you know, without sounding too cheesy, it did allow me to then go and, and focus on that and that's a decision that we took together you know when, when we decided to have as many kids as that obviously it was a it was at the forefront of our mind as to how we would look after them all yeah and, that's a very full-time job yeah, absolutely <laughs> so so we've kind of worked it together in that way um and it, it's interesting because i was reflecting on that as i was kind of um preparing for the podcast i think there was a time probably before COVID where, you know, some of my clients might say to me or other people would say, oh, I didn't realize you even had kids. You know, um, that's amazing that you can, you, you know, you can do what you do and, and do it well and successfully and that kind of thing when you've got that many kids and you're a dad and that kind of thing. And I, I, reflecting back on that now, it's probably not a good thing. You know, I think COVID has, has definitely kind of opened that window into everybody's life you know we're in lockdown and the kids will be walking in on a call like this you know um, yeah. a, a, and actually I think it's good that we see more of people's lives that whole you know bring your whole self to work and that kind of thing I think actually we probably came particularly in, in commercial law that, that it was like you're here to work you're here to you know deliver fees you're here to to achieve you know profit for the firm and that kind of thing and actually a, a shift from that I think has been a really good thing, um, you know, off the back of COVID, we're actually, we appreciate that people are people and they do have lives outside of work. Exactly. Um, and I've certainly, you know, reflected on that and, and try to be much more open about that kind of thing, because I think it's important that, you know, everybody has their, their, their thing, whether it's looking after, you know, older parents or younger kids or you know, or not having any of those things and, and having to process some of that stuff, everybody's got a different challenge. And I think actually being able to share about that, that kind of thing and, and be a bit more open about it is, is important, you know, because it's not been easy. We obviously put ourselves in that position by having as many right. children as we did, but, but it's, yeah, it, it's, it's busy. It's busy for sure. Yeah, I bet. I think that's really interesting. And I think through COVID, yeah, you're right. I think it's, we, we're able to see people as people. And I know yourself and I think myself as well and, and, and others have relaxed more about the sort of whole corporate perception that we might want to project because actually being more real and approachable is actually, it's more engaging. You can build better relationships, I think. And I think COVID has allowed us to do that, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's also one of the things that I often think about when it comes to um, to lawyers. So there was a, a really um, excellent business development consultant that, that I worked with for a bit, who, who would also always say that lawyers are very earnest, you know, that their, their desire is to come across as professional all of the time. And, and actually, that doesn't really help 
build relationships that doesn't really help you know you show some vulnerability and who you are and but and and it doesn't really make you likable um so you know i no. think i've always tried to to avoid that obviously you have to maintain a certain level of professionalism um but 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 you know one of the, the probably the greatest compliments that i've ever been paid by a, a client was when they said well Nick, you're not really like a lawyer you know and, and i i suppose i took that as a compliment and that's no offense to other lawyers out there but what they meant was you're just like a normal person and we don't feel like you know you you're you're kind of overdoing it in any to be way on guard or just, something yeah exactly yeah. exactly so yeah so i think i think that's a positive to come out of covid there are a few um but but that's definitely one of them i think no that's interesting and um, i mean you've talked us through through your career and it's, it's really interesting have you had any particular pain points that you've had to overcome in in that time? Um, if I'm if I'm honest, not really, not really. Uh, um, it's generally gone pretty well. I think the, the practice area that that I'm in is generally busy. You know, the 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 challenges in in business, as as you know, and and, and in law, is that things become cyclical, and and certain practice areas will struggle because there's not as much work because maybe there's not as much M&A activity happening or properties aren't selling or that kind of thing. But I think the people side of stuff has tended to be busy most of the time. I suppose that the biggest decision really for me, the most, the thing that I grappled with the most was, was the move from, from Rag & Co. Um, because I just loved it. You know, I, I loved everything about it um, apart from where, where it was. <laughs> and, and I think. Yes, exactly. Had, had, um, had it had it been now where actually hybrid working is more of a thing it may have been possible to sort of maintain that a bit more but but i you know i agonized over that that move quite a lot but but i think for for a number of reasons it, it felt like the right the right decision main, mainly for family you know there were, there were times where because of the commute i was doing you know helen would hand me a a baby and just say could you just hold joseph for um, two minutes while I just do this before you go and I'd, I'd have to say no you know because if I missed that train I'd be two hours late for work you know and, and actually yeah. it was that kind That's of thing hard. that became That's tough hard as a dad. yeah 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 mm. but but, uh, but but generally I'm, know, I'm very fortunate you know it's been it's a gone, success it's gone well yeah yeah that's fantastic so give us a bit of an overview of the the type of skills you think like your top three skills that you think you need to be successful in your role that you you utilize so so lawyers generally are trained to analyze risk so it, it can become a bit um a bit of a thing actually if it, if it slips too far into your personal life <laughs> um, where you're always looking at what the worst case scenario might be in any situation and i'm quite a positive person so getting the right balance of that is is important but i think essentially what we're doing is looking at what's the risk for a client of doing a certain thing you know what do they want to achieve and then planning a way through so i think analyzing risk is is part of that i think increasingly in law actually clients will take legal knowledge as a given you know if if you're qualified and you're working at a half decent firm they expect you to know the law the key the key really for me i think moving forward or increasingly will be people skills so it will be being able to communicate well with clients it will be able to be building relationships with clients it will be listening well to them often lawyers in particular i think get stuck in the this is the law this is what i know this is what i'm going to tell you <laughs> because i know it um and i think 
actually those soft skills are really really important and i think probably in the profession lacking you know with some and and actually that might lead you into a certain area of law where actually it is more technical and it is more sit at the desk you know churn out this really complicated piece of advice but i think part of what we're thinking about at the minute is with technology developing as it is some of that technical stuff's going to be taken away from us and actually i think it's mm -hmm. then how do i analyze that how do i communicate that to a client how do i properly understand what they're looking to achieve and that kind of high level strategic advice will become more important and i think the challenge actually for our profession is how does that impact on junior lawyers coming through you know because actually some of the Absolutely. tasks that um are, are being done and are great for sort of cutting your teeth and getting experience and that kind of thing i think may well fall away because technology picks them up and i think that's that's going to be a challenge moving forward but I, don't, I haven't really got my head around that properly yet but if i have a concern and it may be that you ask me about you know what advice would i give to people looking to come into the career i don't want to be too doom and gloom but but i but i have a concern about how that will actually work moving forward i'm not quite sure how that's going to play mm. out just yet that is interesting that is very interesting. So yeah, people skills is massive. It's that listening, that consultative um, process, and then the problem solving that you then bring in that, that technical expertise. So that is interesting. Yep. And you are yep. absolutely right. I am going to ask you what advice you have for somebody looking to enter this career of yours. I think, so I actually, I, I've got um, a work experience um, person coming next month to, to, to join us in the team. And, and I was talking to him about, you know, some of this stuff and, and some of the, of my advice to him. So he's not, he's a non-law graduate again, like, like I was, um, and he's looking at law as, as a, as a possible career. And I, my advice to him was try and get experience of as many different types of law and firms and practice as possible. And that's, you know, that's not a rocket science answer. That's, that's just to give the person as much kind of visibility on the variety that there is um, and and it's just invaluable i think it's difficult to get that often because when you're at that stage in your academic um career you know you have to try and find opportunities to do that but but there is so much variety that i think getting a grip of of that is really important and and i suppose given the challenges that we'd, we've t already talked about around um, AI and all that kind of thing. I, th I suppose thinking carefully about whether it's actually the career that you want to go and do too, um, and predicting some of that, I think is is tricky. Certainly, you know, uh, uh, my eldest is about to start GCSEs, and we've been talking about that. And there'll be people that you know are better better qualified than me to give career advice, but it's a challenge, I think, given how rapidly things are changing, to to know what a good move will be, you know, when it, when it comes to um, choosing a career. Um, it, it, I don't envy that generation, if I'm honest, because I think things are changing so quickly um, that actually the, 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 the profession of law and accountancy and some, you know, some of those other ones that, that come up pretty regularly will, will no doubt be impacted um, by AI moving forward. And that might be a challenge to the junior end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so interesting how our AI is is um, raising its head quite significantly in many ways. And yeah, give it five years will replace, I'm sure, a number of 
of, of different areas within different professions. But what you said earlier is really interesting about what your parents' advice um, was to you when you were younger. Is that something that you repeat to your kids or is it something different? <laughs> Yeah, I guess it is. So, so we definitely use the same mantra of you just got to try your best, and you know you don't want to kind of let yourself down because you haven't put the work in. So, so I think that's that's definitely the case. Fortunately, they're doing okay academically, but I think building their confidence is the other the other thing. I think is that that's really important, and and just being on top of that and and thinking, okay, well, let's try and give them as many opportunities to. I suppose to, for, for me to, to engage with different people and, and talk to different people who are different from them. You know, again, I suppose the, it's a bit cheesy, but the, the other thing that my mum always used to, so she was a nurse, so spent a lot of time, no doubt, interacting with people from all walks of life. And she always said, it's really important to look at, look for the good in people, you know, in everybody. And actually, she could sit down and have a conversation with anybody, literally anybody, and they would be engaged in that conversation. And I think that people skills thing, she just had that naturally. She would just, it's its phenomenal. To, even now, you know, she she will sit down and you think, did you know that person? No, no, not at all. But she's chatting Incredible. away. Uh, yeah, and, and it's its a real thing. And I think for, for the kids, I, I think it's important. I think that that increasing you know as we talked about would would is just so important to being successful i think in life and interacting with people in in whatever whether it's career or just generally and i think giving them the opportunity to, to do that and and mixing with people who are not like them i think is really important really important no absolutely and i think it's it's so interesting you know for everybody that i've interviewed uh on the podcast I would say absolutely everyone has said one of the key skills is around that interpersonal behaviours, which is a worry because that is one thing that young people today do struggle with because of, uh, you know, living on living on their phones. And it, it is a concern, yep. certainly. Yep. So it's certainly if that's something that you're focusing on with your kids, that's amazing. I do try with my yep. own. Um, sometimes more successfully than others but anyway <laughs> leading yeah, into the yeah. final question today what next what's what's your plan yeah I suppose it's interesting because I have been thinking about that I, I suppose professionally I'm excited about the future in terms of the opportunity that, that we have as a firm so that the, the size um, of firm that we are in the East Midlands at least there aren't many firms that size left um, and actually, because we've, we we cover that kind of full commercial offering as well as some private client services, I'm really excited about the potential that we have um, where there's been lots of consolidation in the market. The, the bigger firms are getting bigger. And actually, there are certain particularly SME owner managed um, clients that are kind of falling out the bottom of some of those organizations because they, they're not focusing on them so much anymore. They want bigger clients, bigger names that kind of thing and i think that's an opportunity for us but also yeah it, it the satisfaction of winning clients and and you know building relationships and and people saying yeah we'd love to work with you never really gets old for me you know that that's really exciting and, and continues to be that said i have um going almost full circle i think we we're on holiday last i was looking at um whether i could do some more psychology and i know Pe penny you've Got some qualifications in that area too, but you know, I'd looked at maybe a master's in or 
yeah organizational psychology or something along those lines because it kind of ties in with what i do but you know i'm a busy guy so um when i looked at the time commitment on some of that actually fitting that around work and and the kids and you know all that kind of stuff was would be tricky but you know i think maybe if if there was time for that i I probably would actually you know i'm interested in that that side of things the kind of the psychology behind workplace stuff (laughs) um and uh yeah it'd be it'd be interesting to to get into that a bit well nottingham university on our doorstep yeah 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 the, the opportunities moving forward are still exciting and i think you know lawyers as we've talked about are going to have to adapt they're going to have to kind of pivot we're going to have to embrace technology um and i, I think that's quite an exciting thing i'm a person that likes that kind of thing as opposed to being hanging on to the old well oh, this is how we've always done things so so i'm excited about that yeah it's going to be a different future that's for sure well i have absolute every confidence that whatever you do you'll be amazing at <laughs> and uh, look forward to seeing you soon at one of our next uh, HR Network events. And thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Penny. I enjoyed it. If you are enjoying the podcast, please do give me a rating through your podcast app. I love hearing from you too, so please get in touch if you need any career change advice. Chat to you next time.